ladies, ladies, I have an offer for you that you can't refuse. Oh. Yeah, but I don't think you're going to get the deal you think you got. <laughs> Strong possibility. Strong possibility of that. Slightly used shoal for sale. Comes in parts. I don't know. I don't know. I thought, you know, since tonight is, of course, Halloween. We would um, talk about a few things that occur with Halloween. First of them being movies. Oh, boy. Okay. Riddle me this. What is your first funny psychic movie? Funny psychic movie? Uh Uh-huh. You know, it's sad because the thing that came up to my mind was not funny, but, like, was romantic. And I have a thing for Le Chocolat. Oh, okay. What movie is that? Chocolat. Chocolat. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so it is a uh, gypsy movie-ish. The whole premise is this guy um, marries this woman from... The United States or the um, South America. I can't remember exactly, but like they warn her, they warn him that she is a traveler and she like runs off with his kid. And it's very, it's all about finding a place in the world. Mm -hmm. Understandable, understandable. What about you, Miss Gwen? Well, the first one that popped into my mind, you said funny, and she was really funny in it. Teen Witch. It was my go-to movie growing up, and I loved that woman. Uh-huh. I, I cannot remember her name. Thought you know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Do you remember her? Esmeralda. The 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 little the little old lady, and she she played a psychic in so many things. Oh, I know which one. Did she play in Poltergeist? Yeah. The little lady from Poltergeist. I don't remember Teen Witch. Yeah. Uh, Teen Witch was a girl who was turned 16 and then came into her powers. And um, her her necklace was her, uh, her tonum. And it was passed down for through past lives uh, to get to her now. And... and it, it's good, but that that was my movie growing up. It was it was always my favorite. Mm. All well, right, what's I, yours? I have two actually because I can't decide which one I laugh the hardest at. One is Ghost. Oh, I love that. I said only but a golden. And the other one is Poltergeist, and to me, it is a comedy. I think it's called I have Poltergeist Four or Five. Carol Ann, come to the light. Come to the light, Carol Ann. No, go to the light. Yeah. Oh, that creepy guy from the second one. Um, uh huh. The Reverend. Mm-hmm. Jesus. We are no doing readings tonight, but someone else is going to have to read the screen unless we get them highlighted each time because I don't have my lenses on. <laughs> are all doing readings tonight? Yes. Yes. 
So I have been uh, doing cauldron readings on, on Wednesday night. So I actually thought tonight, instead of doing cauldron readings, I would use the uh, Spirit of Halloween deck. So. Interesting, interesting. I'm going to do a little flame reading. Oh. All in candlelight. I guess I'll break out the dark mirror. We're going to find out the root of the issue. Oh, oh tonight's going to be fun. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it's a total shadow work deck. That's all it does. It's like, yep. why are you doing the things you're doing? Exactly. I think I've had it on here a couple times before. Yes, 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 yes. It's a great deck. It, is, it can be a little harsh. Yeah, so we'll take them closer to break time. We're going to do some Halloween talk first, but yes, we will be taking readings tonight. Mm -hmm. Do remember to include your birth date. Keep the lawyers happy. Lord knows we don't want the hellhounds and lawyers after us called the federal government. Mm -hmm. I am pretty sure that the devil is a lawyer. Close. <laughs> he is a litigious ass at the very least. He has a well-trained, well-trained. I actually have a buddy that I call the devil because I do not want to owe that man a single thing. Not a favor, not an ounce of gold. <laughs> I have friends like that because they've learned that. Because I call favors in most likely when I need them. So I thought since, you know, it is Halloween, we talk, we'd first take on some Halloween myth and bust them. Okay. And then we'd tell our favorite paranormal story. Our yeah, I know there's so many. Like... My favorite are still for, I swear, I swear to God, like paranormal stories. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll get started there. Yeah. You have to choose your favorite, your most entertainment one. And then after that, we'd take questions. And who knows who else is going to be bubbling up out of the cauldron tonight. We'll see who else comes in to join. They can just hop in as we come. And I do have a topic that I would like to get your all's thoughts on. Okay. So let's talk some myths that drive us batty during Halloween. Black cats and black dogs, man. I tell you what, I'm always a little afraid to let Luther out this time of year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if that is something that I've picked up because, I, I don't know, I'm just a little afraid that somebody's going to get scared of him, extra scared of him, and or try to take him to do a sacrifice with <laughs> i don't know yeah you know a bunch um, of stupid teenagers and they're liable to do any damn thing like well you God. have to watch the movies and see what's going on because i know when um hocus pocus one came out there was this rash of people adopting and kidnapping black cats catnapping i guess it would be called also, when Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Sabrina the Adventures of the Teenage Witch came out, both of those black cats pulled up. The craft brought a lot of students to witchcraft. You know what? That was a big part of my training because we watched that in Girl Scouts, which is... And then I think right after that, one of my friends got caught with a uh, abracadabra triangle in their drawer. Like, who are you protecting against? The only other people who watch the movie are us. Like, who's it? Mm -hmm. What do you think <laughs> after your ass? Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what myth drives you crazy? And this one didn't drive me crazy till this year. 
Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining. Yes. What Halloween myth drives you crazy? You already shared mine. I, I think mine would have to be the pumpkins because it wasn't originally a pumpkin. Nope. It was a turnip. It was a turnip. Right. Yeah. So pumpkins, I, I believe, should be, and this is just my personal opinion, um, has no weight bearing whatsoever, uh, but I think it should be more for fall or Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I think pumpkins are a lot easier to carve than turnips. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. And I bigger, mean, they're already so hollow. I mean, it kind of goes with the myth. Yeah. Of uh, have you ever heard? Is anybody here? Does anybody here like know the myth of Jack? No, I don't know Cindy why he's going to answer either. Okay. So, um, so he was a wicked. Who's truly a wicked man? This is one of those Irish tales that's. Um, been Americanized. I don't know. Um, and everybody tells it different. I'm going to give you the brief overview because I'd have to look it up to actually give you a decent telling. But basically, Jack was a wicked man and he was reaching the end of his days. And so the devil sent his youngest son to go and collect his soul. Well, Jack um, beat him up. I think he just beats up the younger son. Just Beats the hell out of him. Sends him back with his tail between his legs. So the devil sends his eldest son. Big strong son. And this one, I can't remember. He tricks him and then beats him up. Um, so the devil's eldest, biggest son comes back. He's like, all right, you want him? You get him. So the devil goes after him, and I can't remember exactly. Like I said, there's there there's so much flavor missing from me telling this story right now. I wish I could look it up. If you would just have some confidence in it. Um. Well, no. Like I think he like uh ties him up and beats him up, sends the devil back to his own home. He says, so when he finally does die, he comes to the gates of hell for his you know final rest, and the devil's like, I want nothing to do with you. Here, take a lump of coal. Send, hands him a fiery lump of coal and says, go make your own hell. You're more than worthy of it. <laughs> so that's yes, the jack o -lantern. He carries that lump of coal in it. Mm -hmm. Traditionally turn up. But in the, in the turn up. Yeah. yeah. That's the story yeah, of jack o the light the ways of the souls. Because, of course, tonight is the night of the... Well... Not tonight. It's November seventh, but it's the night of the wild hunt, um, when all souls walk the earth. All souls walk the earth, and you want to light their way so that they don't get stuck and confused, and you know, go into your home or get stuck in your mirror. Um, and you know, with you know, and that's why you always have a mirror by your front door. But I was always told that, you know, and this story, you know, is what my grandmother always said is the, the one night a year that the souls get to walk the earth and you want to stay home and stay out of their way. And if they come to visit, you give them something sweet. That's what I'd heard. Like you light the candle so that your loved ones know where to come. Mm. Right. And follow the light home. Mm hmm. 
you know what? This is one thing that I do love about um, the Day of the Dead celebrations. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, you know, these are our ancestors. These are our dead people. Like, they go, they decorate the grave, <laughs> and they just have a party, and they welcome their loved one back for a night or two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or and three. I know that... It seems like we've lost we we lost all of that. Well, I think we've lost all that in America. Because one, we've divorced death. Like sorry, I've seen ex-husbands get treated better than dead people. That's true. I think that, you know, we disassociate ourselves from death as much as possible with the advent of hospitals, undertakers, funeral homes. Funerals are done within two hours, and the families expect to be back at work within three days. Mm-hmm. If that, if that, some have to go to work that night because it's not enough blood in connection to you. And I think that, and so we forget, and then we've got the, and this is my pet peeve around Halloween. There is one movie with a green witch in it. She's after a pair of shoes like any noble witch would be. Honey, you don't go shopping with other witch friends because we will go after the shoes all together. Listen, if somebody stole my sister's shoes, Uh the house and stole her shoes, I would rain holy hell on that bitch too. Like, I would be there for that. I would be on that like white on rice. And I get that. Me too. Especially the red ones because they're hard to find. But so somewhere between the release of that movie and standard culture, somehow we became green. That is my biggest is the green witch. I can't. I just can't handle it. We're not talking about the green witches being the green witches that are green. And we're not talking about herbal kitchen witches. We ain't talking about you, dear. You you come sit with us. Just have a seat. We're talking about the Hollywood witches. What I would love to see more of, and I see it more in adult costumes, and this is me all. It's like, why can't the kids dress like this? The sexy witch. The attractive witch, the um, you know, the enchantress that tempts the men. You know, I have this. I'm gonna say it, and this may get me. This may cost me, but I don't care. I like the new Hocus Pocus. I do kind yeah. of wish they hadn't humanized baby eating. Like, not cool with the fact that these assholes like stolen eight children. Not at all okay with that. Mm-hmm. Not at all okay with that. But it was definitely a more modern telling. Like, it definitely had the whole girl power feel. Well, you know where that comes yes. from, right? The whole baby eating thing? Yeah. Uh, oh, wouldn't they use the, the fat of unbaptized children to make a flying oil? No, Lord, no, honey. The midwives. Where that come from. The midwives. You used to, the witch used to come to your house to give birth. If that baby did not survive, you ain't gonna hand it up to the father and go, see, here you go. Here's your dead baby. You're gonna prepare the body and shuffle it away. I mean that makes sense too. I no. you know, there was a lot of things that, like <laughs> 
I was actually watching uh, Esoterica mm-hmm. is a channel on YouTube, and the guy does an academic study of occultism uh-huh. and esoteric esotericism. Uh-huh. And um, he actually did the uh, the witch trials of I think it's Nuremberg, the ones that were really bad, where they burnt yeah, like Nuremberg. a thousand people. Yes. Um, and how like even the Inquisition mm-hmm. wasn't a fan of the Mouse Maleficarium. Like the guy who wrote it wrote it because he got bested by uh, a noblewoman. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. was embarrassed by this woman. So you know, King James. Oh, I don't know what else did he write. It causes the a Bible. pain in our ass. Demonology. The Malice of Malamacara. Now, excuse me, ladies. I need to summon somebody else. Yeah, there you are. Did we lose her? Hey, she'll be back. Hello. Where? Trying to Magic disappearing ass. Not at all. Not like candles flickering, but you can at least show up. You know what? It's been a rough week for me, okay? <laughs> you want to renegotiate that contract yet? <sighs> no. I'm sticking this one out so I don't have to re-sign another one because I didn't fulfill my previous one. Now, see, you guys are out here trying to buy that. individual souls. When will you guys learn to buy them in bulk? Like you a proper religion. That's what the Christians are for. We are not taking it from them. You know, am I sh- am I sharing to my page? Am I on my page? Yes. <laughs> like this is how organized my mind is today. Yes, handle. Just sit down and grab your brew and have a talk. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. The other thing that gets me is sorry. Yes, there were some witches burned in England. No witches were burned in Salem. What? All of them were hung except one. It was the male witch, and he was crushed. Yeah. Gal's well, I mean, none of the... Okay, let's first of all say that none of the witches mm-hmm. in Salem were actually witches. Because if you, list, if you look at the testimony from those trials, they have a very, very penitent, what-the-hell-did-I-do attitude that would have been common in the time so well i do not that we're hung but i do disagree with you with one there's also a so socioeconomic aspect to the to the salem trials that people ignore yeah. like literally uh i remember in um i took a class on american history and we did a lesson on this and they over the the teacher uh laid a map over like of the accused over a map of the town uh-huh. it's literally one side of the town Mm-hmm. Like they started off with the derelicts, of course. Well, they started off with a poor enslaved person that I would agree would qualify nowadays to be a witch. She probably, I mean, she probably knew some root work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so they started off with her. Now, granted, they didn't kill her. I believe they beat her, imprisoned her for six months, and then sold her. I'd have to look it up, but I'd have to look it up. You know, it's been a while since I've looked at that. Um, there was a couple people that were able to be midwives 
that Worst killed. And then one man that was just a stubborn as hell. Oh, he was actually, and God bless him, he actually, uh, there is a curse on Salem. If you see that guy, that means Salem is about to get hit with something big because he yeah. still occasionally shows up. But his story was that he was actually like a lawyer or, um, or at least very litigious. And I can't remember. I think he was actually a lawyer because remember, you're not too far from Boston uh, mm -hmm. and the colleges because there's a whole thing in Salem about the call about how the colleges were kind of warring around this. Mm -hmm. Like this happened in the middle of what, whatever, whatever. Anyway, um, but he refused to put in a plea because if you plead, then they would send you to trial. And of course, he knew that you'd find guilty and take his land. So if he didn't put in a plea, they couldn't take him to trial and take his land. So mm -hmm. he chose to be crushed to death versus having his family lose their shit. Right. So that's and why that, so God bless him. Yeah, and they're still looking for the bodies of those victims. So let's catch Miss Natalie, Miss Vickers up. You know, because I'm just sitting here like, uh-huh. No clue what you guys are talking about. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wait until uh -huh. someone what's your favorite me psychic up. Halloween movie. <laughs> Which movie? What's your favorite psychic Halloween movie? Oh. Oh Teen Witch. <laughs> Ta -da! That's Okay. Teen Witch. It is it is just cheesy enough. Uh-huh. But it's like one of those like like hidden gems uh -huh. of like the late 80s, early 90s. It has all the vibes. It mm -hmm. it, it I mean, just all of it. It's just yeah, Teen yeah. Witch. Yeah. You know, a Halloween movie that does not get the rep it deserves because it, this is one of those movies, if they'd have called it anything else, it would have been much more well accepted, but it's still famous just because of the name. Halloween 3. Okay. They should have named it seen, something else. I haven't seen any of the Halloween movies, so I cannot, I cannot comment I on, on any of I that. I don't remember. It's been a long time. Yeah. Okay. Now, what is your pet peeve Halloween myth? An example, I'm tired of everyone dressing up like Wizard of Oz's witch. Yeah, I mean, that, like, green face in general, and, like, the prosthetic noses, and the fake oh. fingers, and stuff like that. You know, the like whole prosthetic that. nose, like, is actually anti-semitic a lot of what we know of as the witch trope is hold over from the anti-semitic um propaganda of like the something something century that i, I can't it. remember it off the top of my head i think like, 15 i understand like i understand where you're going where you're going mm. with that yeah but yeah it's like anything anything to do i mean meanwhile i mean i gotta say i do love a good hat and, yeah. and yeah, you know, there, there were some things that I really, really do appreciate about mm -hmm. that aesthetic, but when it's used to mock or make fun of or mm -hmm. add horror to what we do, 
Mm -hmm. it, that goes that that leaves a really bitter taste in my mouth and i'm like because if you actually knew the truth <laughs> about like what it is that we do and who we are as people you would be shocked um to find out who in your community of friends is actually a witch <laughs> and yeah, you just sure. didn't know it yet <laughs> or didn't um, need to know it now you know example like and we are looking at we'll go back three generations you call my grandmother a witch, she'd beat you with her broom. Well, yeah, it was, the, it was the less offensive way of calling somebody you with a purse if you were out in public. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we just reclaimed that name, I want to say mid 70s. Something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about it. I, I know that I have had, I've heard people call people witches when they mean to use bitches. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can call me a bitch. Because yeah. I am brilliant, intelligent, talented, charming, and a hell of a hustler. Right. <laughs> Wise exactly. woman, yes. Like, my you. my grandma was was a granny woman. So mm -hmm. yeah, so, I yeah. think um so, I don't know what my grandmother was. My great grandmother, on my my dad's dad's mother. Mm -hmm. Um, like somehow because her father had died before she was born, she never got to see him. That it gave her some sort of power and um she was the one who could make the cough syrups she was the one who could blow in somebody's ear to fix an earache or read a certain passage out of a bible to stop somebody's bleeding like mm -hmm. distant healing right. yeah yeah but this was common practice at the time mm -hmm. there yeah. were no if you went to a doctor you went to die that's still right. deep. <laughs> or you, you went because you were in the process of <laughs> dying. dying. Like it got that bad. Yeah. But every, every, every poultice and cream that you had created was just not working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So <laughs> we're going to start with Natalie since she's fresh at the table. And we'll go down and around. Okay. What is your favorite psychic experience on Halloween? on halloween uh-huh i don't know if i've had many that stick out that are specifically on halloween i mean i had i had some really cool things happen today okay. that's probably gonna stick with me for a good bit uh okay. in my memory bank because it was an ex i got to experience something not just with a group of people but my mom got to be a part of it too Cool. which was really fun because you know like she was at church yesterday mm -hmm. <laughs> and, right. you know and it's like you know this is this is a great leap and bound that she has made um mm -hmm. but my mom works for an alzheimer's and dementia live-in facility so there are like long-term live-in residents who very likely will not be leaving Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, unless they find another, you know, like rehab facility that's better suits their needs. But the facility my mom works for is fantastic. And she is the activities director or the zest, the zest director <laughs> for her facility. So she she's in charge of keeping their minds going through various activities whether it's like through movies or having people coming in and doing events and things like that. And my mom approached me a couple weeks ago and she's like, 
So how cool would it be if I got a real psychic to come into my work and do readings for the residents? And I was like, like real readings? I was like, because I don't know if they'd be ready for that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And she's like, no, no, no. She's like, do, and she asked me, she's like, I know that you've talked about your like affirmation deck and how nice and positive it is. And I was like, yeah, it is. And she's like, well, can you send me like pictures of some of them or tell me what some of them say? And, you know, maybe if that would be a good thing for them to have. And I was like, okay, yeah. So she had to look at some of the messages on the card. She's like, they're perfect. They're all about like following love, following faith, trusting in the universe. Like they're all good, positive, uplifting messages. There's nothing negative in them. And I was like, no, it's literally an, a, a really high vibrational deck. So I was like, we can do that. Well, then, then like 30 minutes before I'm supposed to start with my mom today, she goes, um, so there are some people who want like real readings. And I was like, like, a, like a real, real, real reading. And I was like, are, are they, sh are you sure? Are they okay to receive that? First of all, she mm -hmm. goes, yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And with it, it was like the very first person um, that sat down, this gentleman, and I said something paraphrasing here that um he was being encouraged to stand up and share his stories and spread joy okay my mom is slamming her hand on the table this is the first person my mom is slamming her hand on the table and she goes natalie let me tell you something about this mr person here and i said okay she goes Next month, he is doing a stand-up comedy routine for the rest of the residents where he will be standing up, sharing his stories, and spreading joy. And I was like, so even when I'm not trying to be psychic, I'm still being psychic. <laughs> I was yeah. like, Do you think you get out of it? it? down and not say something that was going to startle them you know, and, and cause chaos because that's the last mm -hmm. thing you want to do with somebody who's, who's already on the mental decline is cause them more mental chaos. Mm -hmm. So I was really trying to, I was really asking them, I'm like, can you just not, <laughs> just like, not hold on. give me like this 15%. This is not a free party warning over there. Show up, yeah. be nice. <laughs> right. I was like, just, just give the encouragement, but don't say something about like their World War II buddy coming through with a message because I don't think they are going to handle that very, very well. And I don't want the, like their long lost lover that passed away 50 years ago coming through with a message saying they're still waiting for them because I can't. <laughs> so, but even in all of the messages, even my mom's called me about maybe two hours afterwards. She's like, Natalie, I got to tell you, even after the event was over, I had residents coming up to me saying, I can't believe she said those words because that's exactly how I've been feeling. And that's exactly what I've been doing to make those changes. Even though they're in a live-in facility, there are things that they can be doing for themselves to get themselves up and making mm -hmm. a better experience for themselves. So that to me is probably going to stick with me for a good bit that I was able to not only connect in front of like a live group audience, <laughs> like that yeah. like came and sat down and, you know, actively wanted to participate and were excited, but that my mom got to witness those, those connections. And like, my mom was like, she's like, 
even I was thinking in my head, yeah, they are doing that. Yep, I've been seeing that in them recently. You're absolutely <laughs> right. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, because my mom lived like works with these people on a on a regular basis. So she sees their growth and improvement in certain areas. So when I was picking up on that, and I don't have a clue who these people are, my mom's just like, This is so cool. <laughs> yeah. See, so that was that was, I think that was a, that's gonna be a memory for me. Yeah. All right, Miss Dottie, what's your favorite? psychic experience halloween story halloween uh you know it, it's too hard to pin down the dates for things like i don't know anything that happened like specific on halloween but talking about the nursing home brought up an interesting story i had one of my favorite clients one of my favorite residents um she was a hoot man she was full blown like I, she was crazy before she got stuck in the nursing home. So like <laughs> that was just her life. That was how she lived it. her whole life. And she was, she was very psychic and she would just sit there and run her mouth all the time. So sometimes it'd be like, I give you a pie. You want a pie? I'll give you a pie. I got an apple and a peach. And like, she would always do that. But she like, every now and she'd look at you. She said, I'm going to die tonight. I'm like, oh, God, I know it's going to happen one day, but don't do it on my shift. Um, <laughs> like, can you just wait until I clock out? At least wait until I clock out. out. Like, you're one of my favorite. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. But, you know, and she, you know, eventually she probably did. It's been a long time since I've worked there. But um, she, every, the, there is, nursing homes are creepy. Okay. It is a place where people go to live out their final chapter. They don't always leave just because they died. And there are things that come and just feed off that that dying mm -hmm. energy. Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's unless, unless you've got a witch on staff to keep that place cleansed and everything like that, you're going to have, especially when, especially when you hit into a death cycle. Like, mm -hmm. when somebody's yeah. getting ready to die. Yeah. Um, so... Like people were always talking to their dead loved ones. But one night, I don't remember, something was just giving me the creeps. Like I was trying to work at my med cart. So I like set a circle so I could just get these fucking meds done. Get these meds to these people. And um, I stepped outside of my circle. And you know, when, you, when you've got a set, especially when you're just getting back into the practice, Mm -hmm. And just grew up just a little bit. I, I had that energy drop. Like I had like, like my shirt, like it's like a diabetic sugar crash. drop. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like your energy. It's like your energy got sucked out of you like a Dyson vacuum cleaner. Yeah. You're like, fine, fine. Not fine. Like I'm like, God. And, um, she starts screaming. Oh, there's a devil. There's a devil. She just starts screaming. Get away from me. Devil. You go back to hell. She just flips out. And it was like, and I'm already creeped out because I can feel this thing like, I'm like, oh God. It's like, I just want to pass my medics to people. I just want to get people the medication so they can go to bed. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone. But we well, always had like every time, cause I used to, like I said, I used to work in a nursing home. So some of my favorite stories still come from the nursing home. Um, there was the, uh, the midnight crying baby. Um, the, the disembodied knock. That one still gets me. That one rocked my world just a little bit. The disembodied knocking. It was coming from the supply closet. 
nobody in there. There's nobody in that. <laughs> that was not that knocking was not coming from elsewhere. The moment I opened the door to the supply closet, the knocking stopped. Uh huh. You interrupted. Uh huh. Go ahead. I wouldn't stop until somebody opened the door. Like it, it was. It felt like, and I did feel like there was a presence that left. Like somehow the spirit was, because we were going to a death cycle. So it may have been one of the recently passed clients, because there was mm. a couple at the time. Because it did feel like somebody left the room, but not like there was an actual person there. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm like that's pretty powerful. The midnight crying baby—that was a weird one too. Yeah. Well, Ethan, I know you said that eventually we were going to talk about paranormal experiences, and that's what we're talking about. Can I just lead right into this because sure. this is mine? Um, in St. Albans on um, on Halloween, we did a investigation, and it was the most beautiful investigation I had ever done. Everybody always wants to hear scary stories. I do not have scary stories. Well, I, I could tell you things that happen. It might scare you, but yeah. Anyway, what happened was I'm a big researcher. So I took the information that I had and worked up something. Um, the, Wife was a dancer in her younger days, and she loved to dance, like ballroom dancing. And her husband, being the gentleman that he was, would join her. Um, they died separately, and he pretty much grieved himself to death for her. Um, so I was, here I am starting to get cold chills. Uh, so I managed to find some music that they would have danced to. From the left side came a ball of light. From the right came a ball of light. And they kind of circled each other for a little bit. And just was kind of like, do I know you? I think I know you. And then they just went into perfect sequence together. Mm -hmm. And danced. And it, it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. They eventually just kind of went off to the side together i was like they were able to find their person in the afternoon it, it was just one of my most beautiful experiences don't really i mean if you're paranormal do you do fear i mean do you, i mean if, if you've worked in the paranormal field do you really fear anything anymore like that's a question that that well, I have. I fear nothing, including humans, but you know that's just me. There's, for me, I think there's a difference between having fear and being spooked uh -huh. by something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like yeah. You, you know, you're if you're doing an investigation and suddenly you see a shadow moving and it startles you and it gives you those chills and it spooks you or, or scares you. But there's a difference between being afraid of something or being spooked by something. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, husband, yeah. I still get those jump scares. Like my husband can scare the shit out of me standing in the hallway doing nothing, doing nothing. And I can turn <laughs> around, not expecting to see him. And I'm sure that my neighbors think that somebody just broke into my house and is trying to murder me. <laughs> like, like the type of scream that comes out of my body is just like explosive. You know what I mean? Um, 
but I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you scared me. It doesn't mean I'm, I'm afraid of him. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, God damn it. You just, I was not expecting okay. that to come out at me. And if okay. I had just been prepared, I would have been prepared. So maybe it was better than said, just places like haunted houses, like the attractions. Do you, can right. you go to the, we'll talk about those in a minute. I want well, to I'm just, that's that's my thing. After you've worked in the paranormal field, does things like that, you know, is, is it a waste of time for you? That's that's one of one of my questions tonight. Okay, well, I will tell my story and then I'll answer that. Okay. No, it isn't a waste of time for me. No, to go to the haunted houses because it's fun, especially if they're animatronics, because those are just fucking hilarious. But so I a couple years back before Joe came, it was the year before I got Joe. I got booked for a Halloween party. Wasn't on Halloween, but it was a Halloween party. Okay. I go in, I'm setting up. They got me in the little living room space. This is awesome. There's enough room there. I can put my table down, my chairs. I don't have to move furniture around. I can just do it. And I'm, you know, lighting the candles because I've done all the Halloween deco stuff and the candles to go in the oil warmers and the skulls and all that. All of a sudden, I hear glass shattering. Oh. <laughs> the homeowner comes over and goes, um, are you doing anything weird in here? I'm like, just setting up. He says, okay, because in the other room, we had a Ouija board set up for guests to play with, and it just flew out the window. Can you handle that? No. No, I no, I feel like that is your mess. You clean it up. I'll gladly go out and get you your Ouija board. Right, but what Let you them. just did, that's on you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that. I wasn't I, I hear people say I have very strong energy. And, you know, when I do read, I do push my energy out to my space because mm -hmm. I hate people disturbing a reading. Yeah. I've even had cameras mess up when people are trying to take pictures of me doing readings. Ask Joe. He's had to clean up some messes when we've tried to take promo pictures because I'm always like foggy and stuff. That's the only thing I can think is my aura just pushed so far mm -hmm. past that room and it scared the Ouija board. That's awesome. That must have been a hell of an attachment. You know, I, I will tell you this. I've got, I have a spirit board back there. Mm-hmm. And being the experienced psychic slash witch that I am, I was like, well, I'm going to break every fucking rule. <laughs> I didn't summon anything. I didn't straight summon anything. But I was like, oh, you know nice. what? I like the moment I picked up that board, I'm like, it's all, oh, it's picking up the energy. Like you can feel it charging off mm -hmm. of me. Like I'm like, I'm feeling tapped in. It makes me want to do things. So I played with it. I'm like, ah, nothing happened. I'll give it a few days because, you know, sometimes if nothing happens, they're waiting for things to get quiet. They're waiting for you to not look. Wait until you're not looking. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> midnight, I know it was midnight because my roommate drove by. He, he was working an evening shift and he drove by literally five minutes after this happened. We're still, mm -hmm. I'm still kind of freaking out a little bit. Uh, Luther is in the bed with me. We're asleep. And he and I both sit bolt upright. He goes from laying to sitting. 
I go, I don't even, like, I did the fucking corpse lift, like, just straight up from the abdomen. I'm like, and, it's, and I heard witch. I'm like, I'm going to go dispel that board, like, right fucking now. <laughs> All right, so Joe has a comment here. I can see his face. I can't see what it says. So someone, <laughs> a, can you highlight it? And B, somebody read it. Because apparently I was on the discount rack at the pound. <laughs> Two above that. Oh, Asa goes to an event with alcohol and ends up drunk. I'd hate to see what happened after sending him through a line of dementia readings. <laughs> I would pay money for that. <laughs> um, I tell you what, some I missed some some part. I'm like I don't. One. I will never be able to give the care that I would expect for my family member at this point because I don't remember the medications as well as I should. And, you know, there's, it, it is a diminishing skill set. Being a nurse is a diminishing skill set. I'll never be able to do it again. But Wait, I miss. Go, Why doesn't he have a shot of five milligrams of Haldol? <laughs> it has been 24 hours and he is still up the wall. Shoot him down. <laughs> Booty juice. <laughs> I will remember that prescription forever. <laughs> and go back down to Joe's a pound comment. Because apparently I was. No, but I wanted to bring it up here. No, you were not at the pound. You were just stubborn ass that wouldn't stay still and kept making me move all across the damn eastern seaboard to find your ass. <laughs> Quit wiggling. <laughs> just stay still. <laughs> <sighs> okay, boomer, really? <laughs> how does Hexa how to Hexa lover live? Oh, on, Bella. <laughs> Hello, Bella, next, next week's episode round table. <laughs> on the next All episode, right. the psychic that plans. The psychic that plans. Now going to be reading them. <coughs> if we got questions, Natalie gets to read them. Oh, do I? Yeah. It's I if, it's if my them. back, if my back decides to cooperate with me, it's very spasmy at the moment, and I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah, y'all don't Did want me to read yoga. Huh? Did you do your yoga? I did. I did stretches this morning. I've got to do my evening round, but I'm. I've still got like an egg-shaped knot right where they did the injections. Because when uh -oh. they did the injections, my muscles immediately went spasm around the needle, and uh -oh. um, it still doesn't really want to let go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and how much sugar have you had over the past two days? I haven't had much to eat today. Okay. Honestly, I haven't even. I had a piece of pizza just before I came on here, and a cup of tea. Okay. Earlier this morning, I like the tea, the pizza. Yeah. Hopefully, it wasn't thin crust. It wasn't. Okay. Good. Bananas would help. My, yeah. Banana. Yeah. I know. It is just. It's just. It's. It's like a spasm due to while well, being impaled multiple times in the same spot over and over and over again. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. Like I know why. I know why it hurts. Like the I understand the injury. I understand where it, why it's doing what it's doing. It's just, it's just very. It's hypersensitive too, and it's just not. Mm -hmm. ugh. I just find it interesting, however, that 
most American food, and hopefully Natalie can help add with this, has sugar in it. And we have oh most of the people in the Americas having more pain and physical discomfort. I want to say something here in, in regards to that very, very thing, because in the UK, if you look at the ingredients on the back of a pack of potato chips, right? American versus like the UK version, the mm -hmm. UK version will have four, maybe five ingredients. That's not including like spice mixes that might have like up to like nine different spices in it, but that's not really one. That's one ingredient. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, that's just the flavoring. But, like, if it says, like, coloring, it'll say carrot juice, spinach juice, beet powder, thing, you know, chlorophyll, things like that, blue-green algae, things like that. They are all natural colorants, whereas you look at the back of an American one, it's got 7,000 different preservatives and, and, and just foods fillers. Just mm -hmm. fillers. I mean, it's like the the can of like mm -hmm. Parmesan cheese is half wood pulp. The mm -hmm. same cellulose stuff that they put in diapers is in that can of shaky, shaky powder cheese. You're eating wood. Yeah. You're not eating cheese. You're eating milk powder that's been fermented or aged. And then they, to stop it from caking and to stop it from clumping down into one solid mass, they fill it with wood pulp to absorb the moisture. Yes. So next time you're shaking stuff on your pizza, look at it like it's sawdust. Basically. Because no, that's basically what you're doing. Yeah, but no, and we'll talk about this when me and Natalie get together again, but I was just, I'm fussing at her and her sugar because it conducts pain more. Oh, no, my Hang on one sec. I'm going to go get my um, charger for my All right. Computer. We'll take you down. Okay. I'll be right back. All right. So, do we do scary paranormal, Dottie? What? Do we do scary paranormal is the question on the table. Do we do scary paranormal? Well, how scary do you think it is? Like, uh, you mean me scary? Uh, apparently, I can be pretty scary if you're talking about... We all can be scary. scary. I mean, that's why I came as the devil, because, damn, I get called the devil all the time. I mean, right. literally, like, I don't know. In my office, like, my work office, not the new office, but the office where I'm getting paid to sit down and, and file papers and stuff, I found a bunch of clowns like porcelain clowns and i brought them down to my office and sometimes i don't realize how creepy and weird i am until i hear until i see somebody react uh -huh. <laughs> you know like you don't know how far out into the void you have traversed until somebody looks at you like uh -uh. <laughs> sorry and i got that exact reaction from one of my co-workers because i found them on like an abandoned floor this is an abandoned office on in the building i'm at and they're like, yeah, it's creepy up there. I'm like, I love it. I could work here. I wonder if they'd rent it out to you super cheap since it's creepy. I've already got that lease signed. I, oh, my down payment for my office was $666 and I had to pay in cash. Exact change. See, I told you you had to make a deal with me. I always love that number. <laughs> Anyhow, so Joe, do we have any questions? If so, bring it up. Do we need to do commercials? We are after we take a question or two. 
I don't think I've heard it. The echo chant? I'm perfectly fine with that chant. Um, that's actually from Valiente. It's She does it in her um, documentary of witchcraft. So I don't have a problem with it at all. That's my opinion of it. I don't recognize it. I, you know, it's one of those things. That it, <clears throat> I'm not really good at attaching names to songs. That's right. one of the weirder yeah. things that has, like, that's it's eco eco zadarak eco eco it's something to that effect okay all right so let's go to commercial and when we come back miss natalie will be back with us all smiling and cheers and who knows what spooky stuff we'll get up to hi i'm dotty the psychic and i'm sure you're wondering why i'm not wearing any makeup well one reason is to irritate my social media manager, Asen Knight. Hi, Asen. The other reason is because I like to get to the naked truth about what it means to be a neurodivergent LGBT person with psychic abilities. I've got vlogs, blogs, and podcasts, and videos all related to trying to live my best life and helping witches and bitches do the same thing. So, you can check all that out and get a reading from Dottie the Psychic at D-O-T-T-I-E the Psychic.com. Safe travel and much profit to you. Do you have a cute pet? We know you do. Each week, Tracy Van chooses from submitted photos a featured reader for her Facebook page and provides a tarot reading. Your adorable pet cat, dog, rabbit, goat, chicken, snake, or more could be her next featured reader. Visit TracyBan.com, T-R-A-C-Y-B-A-N-N.com, and click Featured Reader to submit. We look forward to seeing your pet next. Hey everybody, Lady Gwendolyn here, and I am here to tell you how to get in contact with me and a little bit about what I do. I am the high priestess that works with shadow work to help you grow and heal. And I work with um, <clears throat> access bars, Reiki, I do power forms. I'm recently getting into crystal healing, sound therapy as well. So you can go to Lady Gwendolyn Healing. That is L-A-D-Y-G-W-E-N-D-O-L-Y-N-H-E-A-L-I-N-G dot com. Book your appointment with me. I do in person. I do over the phone. I do over Zoom. We can do that as well. Um, my main goal is to help you grow and heal because I've been there, I'm still going through it, and I let my strength help guide you. See you soon. Hey everybody, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you are in need of guidance, direction, spiritual connection, healing, or more, you have come to the right place. 
I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, their past healings, their blockages, and what they need to know in order for them to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would come to my website at www.thependulumspath.com, visit my shop. I have a whole bunch of crystals, oils, bombs, mystery boxes, and more. And visit my services. I offer 15-minute, 30-minute, and 60-minute sessions. I also have email readings available if you're not comfortable with the one-on-one session with me or if you just want to try me out. I encourage you to come visit me at the Pendulum's Path, and let's get you back on the right track today. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. Hey, we got the dead hat going on. All right, so I do see a blue star there, so I'm assuming we have a question. Let's take it. Blue star. Bella Ray Branson. Uh-huh. You know what? This has been a wild year, but then again, I feel like <laughs> this has been a year to, that has kicked my ass into gear. So the thing of the veil has not been a bad thing for me. Um, but, but anyway, read the question, out. please, Natalie. The, th- the thinning of the veil has been very hard on me this year. Has anyone else experienced this? Yes. Yes. Very much so. The thinning of the veil is very difficult. It's very difficult for a lot of people on both sides of the veil. I mean, yeah. you got to realize that on the other side, we have a lot of old, a lot of souls that are just there trying to figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, this side, we've got a lot of people missing. It's a lot of depression, sadness, joy, happiness, balled up into a magenta ball of green, canary, yeah. yellow, piss mode. And you have to balance that out. Yeah, you really do. I had, um, even last night, I had a loose, lucid dream. Even I would even, I would even borderline it to say it was a visitation. Um from a loved one on the other side and it was just it was just so vivid and so real and even this morning when i woke up i was like no i that 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 did happen didn't it that's not just like a weird memory in my head that actually happened Mm -hmm. you know it was just like one of those things where i really had to like take a step back and i was like that doesn't it didn't feel like a dream it felt so real and surreal at the same time that it was like you know you're you wake up going hang on a second I distinctly remember <laughs> and then blah, 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 you know, and it, and it's like, it, it's like that memory is held and our loved ones really are coming through. So all those, me- all those memories, all that nostalgia, all those weird moments where you kind of feel like crying for absolutely no reason, yeah. usually because there's somebody around you and you're feeling like their sense of, of longing or missing you as well. And that can trigger us into having those emotions as well. So grounding and protection, folks. Grounding and protection if you don't want to get completely overwhelmed by it. Right. Well, whenever you you've just lost someone this this past year, it, it makes it really hard. Um because this is the first time that that opening is there. So I'm that's that's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Like I am very. I view this time of year. I, I mean, I'm only dressed up because we're doing this. I don't. I don't normally do it. Um, I, I am more of an ancestral person. What? You need to do it more. 
No, it's I'm I'm not a Halloween costume dress up person. No, no, no. I'm saying dress up, not costume. No, but this is what I'm saying. I'm more. I'm not a Halloween costume dress up person to go out to parties and do all of those things. I am an ancestral person, so that's that's my other question that I have for everybody. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you are one of the other, or do you have a balance for those? I don't know. For me, I've always seen All Hallows Eve as a double sword. One, we have guests coming home, but we don't know they're coming home or who's coming home. But it's also party. It's also see. I have a very weird view on death. Everyone does this mourning, this crying, this upset of death. Not my view. My view is thank God they got out of a damn camping trip. Let's throw a party. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. what it was intended does. to be. Right. Celebrate leaving this camping trip of hell. For those that don't know, this is hell. And have joy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's problematic for the viewpoints that we have over minimally everyone else. Sweetheart. Okay, well, honey, you may still be dealing with a lot of emotion. This yeah. may not be so much the thinning of the veil as, as a reaction to yep. trauma. Yeah. That uh, an abuser of my past passed away this month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you feel, you are allowed to feel. Hurt, sad. Yeah. You're even allowed to kind of miss him, even though you know better. It's not really... Trauma's on you. <laughs> <laughs> they feel a weird release yeah. after you get through it. Um, a lot of times, especially when it's an abuser or someone's had negative-ish impact on your life, goes away. Mm-hmm. Because you know that they they literally physically are no longer a threat to you, even though you've had no contact or whatever for however long period mm-hmm. of time. It it signifies an ending. And mm-hmm. that then is a beginning of a healing process. It starts all over again because you'll have to, again, you're reminded of stuff and then you end up having to revisit it, which mm-hmm. is something that I know I will fully have to do when my abusers, when I find out that they have passed away, I'm fully aware that that is going to come for me in some package. Right. And I know I'm going to have to sign for it because that process server does not leave. They keep coming back and knocking on your door until you take it. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, journaling is great. Tonight would be a good time to write, sit down and write letters. Burn now, up. let's talk about this since I've got three mediums here and, you know, an extra large. I'm the extra large, if you're wondering. <laughs> and so humble, too. Of course. <laughs> um, I sent out earlier and posted earlier about the tradition of sitting down and having a cup of tea with the dead. Mm-hmm. Having a oh, meal with the you dead. know what? I have always wanted to do a mummer's feast. That's fine, but you better serve dessert first. <laughs> that feast is done backwards. Yeah. You know what that makes sense? I just knew yeah. that it was quiet. I've never I've never attended a proper mummer's feast. I always thought like I have. That is something like maybe when maybe since like they get the office together, that might be something to do next year. 
we'll look at that, but it's complicated. And here's why I say it's complicated, because everything is done backwards in the feast. The food is white and bright colored. There is no salt in the food of any type. There is no conversation from the moment the, the eye goes on until your salad is served. Mm-hmm. You know what else I'd like to do that I've never had an opportunity to do is a proper seance, like table tipping the whole nine. Oh, Lord. Fine. <laughs> I will send the new boy up to the attic to get the table tipper. I have the cards. <laughs> I have the wine glass. I just have to see if my white shirt still fits me. <laughs> Can you just imagine all of us together in the same room doing that? I mean... I think it would be amazing, but at the same time, we're going to have to get some camera equipment oh, and absolutely. a lot of salt and a lot of salt to surround the camera equipment. I've been informed. <laughs> yeah, I want to We have to encircle the Joe with his equipment. Absolutely, <laughs> we will short everything out. Yeah, dude, I, I got pretty close to a proper seance the other day. I was doing. I went down to do this um this event for um one of the the haunted groups and i thought it was like an event event like you know we're we're psychics a lot of times i know at least three of us goes event natalie do you go to events yeah i'm okay. starting i'm starting to i'm She's dipping, my toes, in. I'm I'm dipping. I'm dipping yes. my toes in <laughs> i'm learning <laughs> i still so, need hand holding though so like you know I, th I thought that this was an event that I had been invited to. And it was an event, but it wasn't like a standard psychic event or Halloween event. It was a haunted house tour. So, um, and I travel with Mandy, who was on my live stream last Monday, a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. that live stream week. is up now on um, Spotify, if you missed it. Um, and of course, we have a peanut gallery comment, Natalie, if you'll catch that in a second. Anyway, um, sorry, Joe, you have to wait a moment. Um, so we go into this event, and it is, it's basically a haunted house tour. This guy is going around, talking about the history, and like, the ghosts there, like the moment I step across this threshold, they're like, hello. Like... <laughs> <laughs> And especially, they're like, we're going to set you up in the kitchen. I'm like, I'm not setting up in this kitchen. I'll go into the, 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 the dining room. Like, I'm just naturally drawn to the dining room. It's like, there's nothing wrong with the kitchen. But, the late, the, like, there's a spirit there who's like, you can set up here if you want. Like, this lady is not alive, but she is very much talking to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember what her name is. But, you know, I have this whole conversation. I'm like, is there if I borrow some of your chairs and take them into the, the uh, dining room? I've come to find out. That an actual, like, uh, a 1900s renowned psychic had actually been to that location and had set up and had a seance, not at that table, but at the table that was there right in the middle of this dining room. I'm like, this feels preset. I feel like I've walked it. It's almost the same feeling. If anybody lives in Huntington, then if you've ever been to the Rose Garden, when you walk in, you're like, this is just begging to be turned on like there's already something there that's just looking for somebody to, to, to flip the switch mm -hmm. and that's the way i felt at this table and i swear i i it was one of the weirdest single nights i've had in a long time 
like you know i've had nights where i was accurate every nearly every reading mm -hmm. that but there's always like if you go to do like power reading there there wasn't enough people there to do like a full power reading i'm like okay well something about this table just everybody sit around i had this group of three women who sat down at this table with me i'm like well normally i would just turn cards but why don't you all pitch in 20 bucks each and we'll see who we can get to come through and it was their mother who came through and like the whole time i'm like i'm having this conversation and at one point i'm just like i hear swishing of skirts and it, it was it was bizarre uh -huh. I've never had something like that happen where it was just like, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've gone to places where there have been circles set up and ready to go. Uh -huh. But like, this was like, it was like nobody closed the door after themselves. And it had just been open for a very, very long yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, I had that happen when I went to Malesville. I do not go to Malesville anymore. If you're having an event there, I hope you have a great time. I will not read at Malesville. The auxiliary building, I will, but that main building, I don't think I would want to, no. I won't go in there alone. Um, I don't like the administrative area of that building at all. My favorite um, haunted house, Victorian mansion to go read at is the Anchorage. The housekeeper greets me every time I, she is at the door, ready to take my bags. I, I feel like I'm going home. Mm -hmm. like i love that mansion um Heyman house nothing really spectacular happened there you know, let's not talk about Heyman house <laughs> no i'm naming names girl <laughs> like, okay Heyman house let me just uh, okay it is a beautiful names. house it is a beautiful house but damn they just played that shit up to no fucking end like i'm like who you just are are you just scripting something here because like me and this other girl I actually ran into the girl i was had this conversation with. we went down there um halloween night i think this was 2020 because mm -hmm. we really weren't supposed to be gathering at the time but we went there and she and i were walking through and we're hanging to the back of the pack and we're seeing all these people just mesmerized and you know getting close together as this guy's telling these fucking stories i'm like is that what you're picking up? Because I, I mean, I mean, I'm picking up. You know, they had an active sex life, but I don't think he tortured her, and it just things like that. Like, like. Well, again, okay, I've never heard any of those stories there, and I've I've uh, done readings and energy work and stuff there, and I, I, I love it, but I, it's I, I've never had any bad experiences. There. I didn't have I've any never picked up on bad What I'm saying, it felt like nobody was home when I was there um let me see the other one There's there was one place. lady popped in and out trans allegheny lunatic asylum i went there actually did an episode on that one that one to me felt like going home i'm like i have been here before i'm like god damn it that's a high possibility but i haven't gotten to experience that one yet there's another house and i'm trying to think of where it's at the anchorage and then the blender has it Huh? The Blinner has it. I'm trying to think of what its name is. It's on the. It's on. It's under. It's going to be sold, but Christine has it in um, Ohio. Oh. Bel Air. Bel Air House. God's honey. If I had the money, I'd buy it. Yeah. 
Well, she just started up another one, like in 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 like the same area. So, well, I love moving. that house. I love the spirits in that house. There are a few there that need to be calmed down and handed, handed a cup of coffee and a little bit of whiskey and told, you sit there and you calm down and fix my kitchen. You stay out of the basement. And, you know, if you close the portal in the basement, I think if you do set that up as a temple, <laughs> there, that house would be fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Just to live in? Just to live in. It's See, like I'm actually, I'm, I'm trying to get into the market for a house. Um, this actually getting the office was part of a stepping stone to try and mm -hmm. get, you know, property or whatnot. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the eventual plan. I don't, I don't know what all is going to happen, but I keep having this idea in my mind that I'm going to go for that one that's been renovated a few times, but people don't live in very long. Mm -hmm. Like, so. Yeah, give me the haunted house. Like, give me the murder house. <laughs> my grand, my grandparents had a pretty haunted house in the UK, and there was there Is was there the UK. I, I mean, it's it's one of those things that I basically have this assumption now that every house in the UK is haunted just based on the history of the land itself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just one of those things like everybody and like at this point, you know, it, it, it's like everybody has their own house spirit that they that they have uh, that they have in their home. Well, see, that's a common thing. And that's a common thing in the in I want to say theology, but it's probably not theology. Every house has a spirit. Mm -hmm. Every house Every has house an energy. Has an energy. Yeah. If you treat that energy right, it'll run just fine. Yeah. Start mistreating that energy. Yeah. And you're going yeah. To have I mean, that's absolutely a thing. Um, but given like my grandparents' house was was in Edinburgh, Scotland, which is the city built upon another city. When the plague hit, well, yeah, <laughs> like when the plague hit and they were just like, we're just going to bury you all underneath here and it's fine that you're not dead. You will soon. And, you know, we're just going to ignore the fact that this is happening to you. We're just going to seal you underground. And then later on, we're going to remove your bodies, but it's fine for right now. So like doing those underground tours and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Man, the energy underground is heavy. Is heavy. Like there were some rooms I remember walking past. Like you know, it's underground. Everything's fucking dark, right? Like everything's dark. Everyone's got their hard hat with their flashlight on because there's no lighting underground, <laughs> and it's very cold and it's wet and, and it is. It's just creepy in general. It's just anything underground is creepy in general. But I remember walking past some of these like openings, which were basically like people had carved out rooms for themselves. And it was blacker than the darkness. <laughs> like it was yeah. like you could you could see it, it was like that 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 visceral darkness. It was literal, physical, tangible, like you could touch it. Darkness. Mm -hmm. Like if you walked into it, you were gonna come out on the other side of something else. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it was a portal or a doorway. And it's like you'd look at the other room that was like diagonally across from it and the energy in that room, it was nowhere near as dark. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you'd look into one room and you'd have your flashlight on, but it, it was being sucked. Like it was just sucking the light right out of it. Like you couldn't see anything except for the spot that you were lit on. But you mm -hmm. go into another room that's equally as dark as the other one. You know, it's not all underground. There's no windows. 
and you'd be able to illuminate, you know, 50, 40% of that room at a time. So the energy down there was very, very different, but up and up on, on the surface, um, even like my grandparents' neighbors' houses that I would go into, you absolutely, I remember as a kid feeling like I'm not alone. There are other eyeballs on me and I can't tell anybody because no one will listen. And, you know, and I'm just going to sit here and freak out and, and, and like freeze because that was my response to being watched. It was just to freeze and let them watch me more because that's smart. You know what, though, I feel you on that. Like, there's a there's a whole package of psychic childhood trauma to sit here on the pack online. We let's, you know, I think, yeah, like I am fully aware that I am not alone in this room, but my body won't let me run away from it, and I'm gonna stand here and be terrified until somebody summons me away. <laughs> like, oh, girl, no, I would wake up in the middle of the mom. Mom is, of course, you know, I, I can buy my shit pretty honestly. Like, <laughs> mom is a medium and a nurse. So, like, every spirit in the fucking county who is, needed is to be coming moved to say hi. <laughs> would come through that house. Yeah. Uh, so, I would wake up and I'm like, if I don't move, they're not going to know I'm awake and they won't right. do anything for me. <laughs> they're making direct eye contact with you, you know that yeah. they are. Like, and you're just like... I, I, I that oh my god sleep paralysis last night oh last night i it was all i was i okay let me take a step back so first of all it was probably i didn't look at the clock but it was most likely around three o'clock in the morning that i get up and i'm like god damn it i have to pee i don't want to go and pee <laughs> i don't want to so i go use the bathroom and as i come back in i look in the in the, in my bedroom and right in front of the the curtain is just solid black thing and it looked like they were holding either like a book or so something like they had something solid in their hand and i just went not now and i crawled back into bed and i was just like well nat you've really grown because <laughs> i didn't freak out i was just like really really i'm so tired <laughs> And I was like, I don't, I know I don't have my glasses on, but I know I can see you there. And yeah, my heart did skip a beat for a second. But first of all, I'm so tired right now. So can we just not? Uh -huh. <laughs> you, know, like, you can stay there all you want. I don't care at this point. Just let me go to sleep. <laughs> Dude, I, I will tell this to all the spirits out there. Look, if you want help crossing, it's okay to wake me up. If you right. touch me, it's on. If you touch me, it's on like Donkey Kong. Right. I will not tolerate that in the slightest. Like you wake me up, we got a problem. Like you wake me up, we have a problem. I will wake up swinging. <laughs> All right, so let's take on this question. <clears throat> Do you have now, or did you grow up with a Halloween tradition that you didn't realize was something not everyone else did? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do we answer this? <laughs> how do we answer this? Like, I thought, I mean, didn't everybody? <laughs> didn't well, everybody things you grow up down is like, no, not everybody leaves a plate of food out by accident. Yeah. 
Not everybody enjoys a drink in the evenings because it's Halloween, including the children. You bet your butt I already have a couple pieces of chocolate sitting on my altar. (laughs) You know why? Because I'm like, listen, you're not a diabetic anymore. You can have this. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about you? You know what I mean? You like you here. Not you, every, you about every household did. Huh? No. No. Um, my, uh, I got dressed up and and sent out for trick or treating and stuff like that. Um, but that's it. I don't really have a whole lot of memories uh-huh. as far as doing that past being really little uh-huh. like once i was 10 i was like done with done with everything let's that's what i said my path has not led me down you know the trick-or-treating mm-hmm. part it's 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 led me to honor honor the dead and right, right. so well, i you miss dotty um for a while this was something i found and did i was lighting a candle for the dead every year the I would light a candle for, you know, people who had passed, people who are visiting. And I haven't done it for a few years. Hmm. All right. So, now I typically, I remember as a kid sitting in the room, really dark, being very, very still, hoping, hoping to see something, like just hoping because it was Halloween and, you know, like that was the night where things were supposed to happen. So I remember distinctly at least four or five occasions as a kid, like after trick-or-treating and after all the fun and the sugar high had crashed and everyone else was settling down. I remember sitting silently in my room almost holding my breath hoping to hear a whisper or feel a touch or something along those lines to prove that halloween wasn't just like a candy holiday <laughs> you know like valentine's day is another candy holiday but I, in, in the uk growing up halloween is not or was not what it was in america so the whole big festival of having like trick or treat like halloween parties with bobbing for apples and costume parties and and all of that stuff that was an american thing there was no dressing up for halloween in the uk because <laughs> it was more of no it's the night where the spirits walk you should probably stay inside and lock your doors and just you know not off not open the doors if you hear anyone knocking because mm-hmm. you know it's probably not a good idea to open the doors if you hear someone knocking on halloween night and you weren't expecting visitors you know, it was one of those things. It was more, it was met with more apprehension than it was fun. Mm-hmm. So when I was talking about this with my mom earlier, I was like, I remember distinctly my first Halloween. Like the first Halloween that we celebrated. I remember every piece of it. And and keep in mind, I'm going to eat my own words here. I did wear a green face, albeit I was like five years old, guys, okay? And I did not know better at the time, but, you know, it was the aesthetic back then. Uh So my mom said that she had to call, because back then you knew every neighbor in the neighborhood. Whether you liked them or not, you had their phone number, okay? And it was just, you know, everyone knew everybody. So my mom called all of the neighbors and was like, listen, my kids want to do Halloween. Is it okay if I bring them around to your house? Now, with trick or treat, it was either they gave you a treat 
or you did a trick on them. So my brother, uh, my mom got my brother like fake hands or fake fingers that would pull off if you shook someone's hand and cans of silly string and like foam and stuff like that, you know, like little safe pranks that you could pull on people. And they did the whole, like, if they didn't have something to give, they would say trick. And my brother or I would pull a fake Halloween-y prank on them by, like, pulling a fake booger out of our nose or removing a finger, something along those lines. So there was a trick involved in trick or treats. Um, yeah, that's a I lot nicer than tradition. It was, like, yeah. it was like a black trash bag with green paint on me. You know, it was like that was my costume. It was a black trash bag and a belt maybe or something along those lines like there was no costumes for sale it was like i have nothing to to create this with <laughs> you know mm -hmm. costume store had fake fingers and face paint and maybe a stick on nose or a wart and you know other adhesives for scar tissue or whatever and that was it that was wow. all you got okay guys and they were really bad break and we'll be back <laughs> Welcome back, goblins! My name is Jason, and I am the host of the Esoteric Book Club, a podcast that examines titles on the magical, paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. I release two episodes a month in which I review books on esoteric topics, recap news of the weird, and conduct interviews with authors, practitioners, and experiencers. The Esoteric Book Club can be found on every major podcast service or can be streamed directly from esotericbookclub.org. Hi, I'm Tracy Van. I provide a blended reading consisting of mediumship, psychic, and tarot cards. A reading from me can cover any guidance you need from relationships with your partner or your family, spiritual, financial, any questions you may need clarity on. If you would like to book an appointment with me, check out my website, tracyvan.com. That's T-R-A-C-Y-V-A-N-N.com. I have bookings from 15 to 60 minutes you may choose from. That helps if you just have a quick question, need an answer, or if you're looking for a reading in more depth, I'm here to provide the guidance and clarity for you. Uh, let's just figure it out. Bye. Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Ace and Knight, some of the best psychics in West Virginia, to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. Together, we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On the Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless self-promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. 
Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at PCSBnetwork.com today. Hi, I'm Ace and Knight. I provide tarot readings covering everything from love and relationships to your life questions and your spiritual answers. And also, I provide a lot of guidance and finances and divorces and all those relationship problems. So, if you'd like to get a reading from me privately, not on air, you can feel free to do so by visiting aceandnight.com and booking your appointment. I also provide on-demand services, so if your life is a little chaotic, you can go ahead and click that call now button there on my site. Great for a quick answer question. Alright guys, back to the show. Enjoy! All right, welcome back to the Psychic Roundtable. We are taking questions for readings. We are dealing with a hellhound that has to go out, so I'm going to pop down for a minute. But Natalie, you mentioned you didn't have Halloween in the UK. Yeah. You didn't have the season we're getting ready to move into. Well, yes. <laughs> you mean autumn? <laughs> The season of autumn, not fall, too. No, um, the season of gratitude. Oh, the season of gratitude. Oh, yeah. No, that is definitely um, like the season of being of Thanksgiving or the season of giving thanks is not. It's also not a, a British um, holiday. I have seen now there is like an emergence of people celebrating Thanksgiving, especially as there's a lot more people from America moving over to the UK um, that do celebrate it. And then they're sharing that tradition with people in the UK. And then they're looking forward to having like those Friendsgivings or Thanksgivings and things like that. So culture is is still constantly being shared from country to country sometimes it just takes a really long time for things to take off and for everybody else to kind of catch on to it um and even though the history of the holiday doesn't is not it does not exist in the uk the energy and the element that is behind it is definitely being introduced um but again it's not something that's like readily like celebrated and things like that because again like the truth and reality behind thanksgiving is not exactly something that should be celebrated yeah and, yeah let's not let's not celebrate the puritans let's you not. know it's well, one of those, no, one of those things back. but the energy behind it and being thankful for what you have received so far during the year um because in in celtic tradition this marks the end of the year like this is this is the end of the year so why would you not reflect on the previous year that you've just had and be thankful for what you did receive um it's kind of like saying thank you before you've been given like your gift <laughs> you know yeah. it's like don't speak too soon because december's still hanging around and things can still go south so um you know there's still chance for things to go tits up for you um, well, no, so, I wanted to bring this up, and this is why I wanted to bring this up, is because we get stuck on 1954 mass marketing anti-communism. Mm -hmm. We don't look at the other gratitude seasons, gratitude favors, gratitude ceremonies. We have to look at it culturally. There's been a Thanksgiving, multiple occurrences of that energy. 
mm-hmm. from you know the harvest we're getting ready to have the meat harvest this would have been the beginning of the meat harvest y'all guys tell me how while west virginia takes used to take two weeks off for hunting because they're going to do a meat harvest Mm-hmm. You know, so there's gratitude for that. There's hope for that. There's hope for the world to get through the winter. Right. There's giving back that occurs. There's giving to charity, which is where we, I think we get the treats and stuff from, you yeah. know, so we're going to hear a lot of this mass media about 1954's Puritanism when Thanksgiving could have happened in March because Thanksgiving is, was actually a federal day of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That started during World War II, no World War One, and started building through it. If we go back to the Celts; they would have the celebration, Samhain, or you know, Harvest Home, or whatever, to celebrate, and that they made it that far. You know, like the Puritans. Yeah, they formed a holiday. Maybe we don't know. We yeah. can't really document it because guess what? Nobody wrote that shit down. Right? So it's like that may or may not have actually happened. I mean, yes, a lot of the stuff did happen, but was it all like, oh, let's all gather around one big table and have one big massive meal? Maybe, maybe not. That was you know, day. it's like it's like I highly doubt that that's, that was the thing. Maybe multiple meals were shared at multiple tables before they realized this was a bad idea. <laughs> you know, like well, we, no, shouldn't, see, here's the we thing. shouldn't be During inviting these time. strangers at, onto our kitchen into our kitchens. This is bad. <laughs> well, no, no, no. See that at that, that time they were still in communal feeding. Like the whole village was having to live in like three huts. Right. So they were every meal was Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. And being grateful for what was foraged, what was hunted, what was prepared. Yeah. All of that, you know, and, and, and it is, it's like a lot of people in multiple religions, they give thanks before they eat their food. They give mm-hmm. thanks before they start preparing their food. You know, if it's if it's meat based, uh, there are people who bless their food or give thanks to the animal for giving its life so that we can still live. You know, it's one of those things where where that is still very much a thing or saying grace before a meal and giving thanks for for what you have received that day um, or that month or week or whatever. You know, that's still very much keeping in the element of Thanksgiving. One part about the whole American Thanksgiving tradition thing that has always, always rubbed me the wrong way is the whole presidential pardon of one turkey. And I'm like, you are literally condemning one to death publicly. You are literally publicly announcing that you were going to cut off the other dude's head. You're like, oh, no, but I'm saving this one. Oh, let's celebrate. I saved this one. I'm like, you just brought you. You just told you just showed everyone. Look at this cute little turkey. We're going to cut off his head later. Well, that's yeah, your question. You know, that's a great illustration of the hypocrisy of the whole holiday. You know, it's Halloween. Let's get back to Halloween. When I first yeah, but that's America. Right. When I first moved to the United States, I was like, what are they doing? And they're like, they're going to pardon one of the two turkeys. And I was like, and the other one? I was mortified. I was just like, I can't even with this country. I was like nine years but old and I was mortified. Huh? Because on Christmas, the Queen pardon would traditionally pardon one convict. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it wasn't like she was condemning the other one to death later on that afternoon, Asin. There's a big difference. No, they were already condemned to death. 
<laughs> the other one still got to keep his head on after the other. <laughs> the other one sitting on the one shit. <laughs> It's like a more intense version of American Idol. It's like, God damn it, I hope I got enough votes. You hope this one gave you enough favor. Body is like, got coffee coming out of her damn nose. She's like, I can't even with you. Well, you know, Indian British, what traditions there? I mean, November 5th is coming up real quick, Ace, and I gotta start making a, I gotta start making a straw man to burn soon. Yes! <laughs> Even there, you have to hunt a stranger in the village! <laughs> I mean, remember, remember the 5th of November, November. Powder season and plot. I mean, that was my holiday. I was like, let's build an effigy and burn it! Yeah. While I was sat out there with a mug full of Heinz tomato soup and croutons going, oh yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> uh-huh. Well again, well again, this is very important. And there's a double <laughs> tradition there. You either build this build burn the straw man. Yes. Or you have to go find a villager and kill them. <laughs> you you're not familiar with. What the 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 uh guy fox? Yeah. So he essentially just 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 shoving all up into one neat little package. He decided it was a good idea to to bomb Parliament or attempt to bomb Parliament, and he had enough um, explosives. I think they said it was like four hundred square like square miles outside of London. Like it London. would have leveled London and then some. Uh-huh. And keep in mind, London is not the London that we know it to be today. There's a lot less housing. There's a lot less population. Things were a little bit more spread out. But still, that's a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And he was found. And he was tried. And then he was sentenced to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that happened. So, um, yeah, like if you've watched V for Vendetta yeah that's where that's based off of <laughs> well, that and then there's also this thing about the spirit of the land yeah trying to run away mm -hmm. so you have to catch it yep and if you the civil way of doing it to do now is they make a stick man and burn a stick man yeah, I mean, I've got plenty of stuff out here. I'm pretty sure I could craft something up pretty quickly, like carve a little iron base into it. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a funny story that you might find might, might find amusing. So, my maiden name is Fox, F-O-X, just like uh -huh. the animal. Uh-huh. When my mom was pregnant with my brother, the one name that she really, 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 really was like, really just, I really love this name, was the name Guy. But it's probably not a good idea to name your son Guy Fox when the guy who is known in history for trying to like kill everybody is known is the name Guy Fox. And I was like, it just sounds a little too close <laughs> to, to that. And it might be treading on some dangerous waters. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I decided to not name him Guy. But my mom's like, I really kind of did want to. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, you know, hindsight's always 2020, Mom. Well, my question her is, do you want a child terrorist? What? You know, a three-year-old child terrorist looking at you going, I want to kill the bunny if I don't get 
I know, seriously, seriously. And my brother really was a Dennis the Menace growing up. So adding that name to the energy, I think, was probably not a good idea. So I think my mom made the right choice in not naming him Guy. (laughs) Okay, I got a question. Okay. Has anybody ever heard of Cuddy Sal? Heard of the what? Cuddy Sal. Like, it's something I heard was an Irish tradition. All right, I need I more have than a lot that. of information on it. It's not ringing any bells. All right, well, I'll look it up later. I okay. thought maybe you would know about it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of... I've heard of a lot of Celtic, Gaelic like old highland traditions lowland traditions like i've heard of so many that it's hard to keep track of because it's like when you have family that's spread out all over the country it's like i've got family in wales who does things one way and you go up like to northern scotland they do things completely different way and they have a completely different ritual or they believe a completely different thing entirely uh-huh. um so you know it, it all depends on 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 the culture and the lore and things like that so it's like i may have heard of it whether or not it's retained in my memory is another thing right all right shannon's got a really long comment can we highlight that and talk about it what, why not both yeah. oh oh that's a link great go up one more oh joe put something in the private chat if you want me to read it off it should go be fun for it. if nothing else you all get to watch me read out loud which is always entertaining the Cuddy Black Sow is a demon or monster that is believed to steal the souls of its human victims on Halloween. It often appears as a black female pig with glowing eyes that walks upright on its hind legs like a human. It is sometimes associated with a headless woman. It's like, okay, well, because oh, I heard about it on a, like an old... Um, it's like, it reminds me of, of uh, oh my God, the Welsh uh, horse, uh, Mary Mary. Mary. Yeah, that is kind yeah. of like a similar visual representation. Instead of it being a horse, it's a pig or a sow. Yeah. So I'm like, there's there might actually be just like a cultural change even between those two because there's just a few months different between those two stories or those two legends mm-hmm. matching up. Mm-hmm. You know, so... So one of my you know. favorite ancestral traditions on this line is to tell stories of the ancestors. So I thought we would start with Gwen and her <laughs> tell a family story, then Dottie, then Natalie, and then me. And then we'll wrap the show up. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, sure. I'll try to think of something. Okay. So this one is laid out at my laid at the feet of my Aunt Mary and my grandmother. You gotta understand this is the 1930s and 40s. It's probably 1940s. Women do not drive in West Virginia. It is unheard of women to drive. They are still dealing with situations of, you know, women need to stay at home barefoot and in the kitchen. So they get dressed up. And my grandmother has scrimped and saved the pennies. She has sold the eggs, bought the bread, sold it to, done everything to save up cash. 
they get dressed up, they go into town, they go down to King Cole, and they're walking around looking at the cars. My grandmother doesn't drive. She hasn't ever learned how to drive. And the salesman comes up and talks to her. Oh, are you looking for your husband? Blah, blah, blah. You know, this is at the time when Cadillac had this whole thing going on about buy an automatic for your, your what, you know, that type of advertisement going on. And she talks to him and gets and Jews him down to literally she had $20 more than what the car cost. Wow. She gets a Cadillac. And she says, it's a present for my husband. Can you deliver it tomorrow at 9.30 a.m.? He goes into the mine in the morning. Mm -hmm. So she gets the man to deliver the car down to Fett Station in front of the house. He drives up. He hands her the paperwork and says, when your husband gets home, he'll know what to do with this. Here's the keys. And they even bought a big bow for the car and there was some other (laughs) present for the husband yeah yeah no that's mine (laughs) guy leaves my aunt mary comes down and explains to her what a gas pedal is and what a brake pedal is and why if you want to go backwards you have to you have to put it on that r and if you want to go forward, you have to put it on the D. And if you want, when you stop and you're getting out of the car, make sure you put it on P for park your ass. And you have to understand, my grandmother was only five foot three in heels. Yeah. Yeah. For those that do not know, Cadillacs used to have a bench seat. To them. They're boats. They are boats. They're boats. So, so even moving the seat all the way up, she needed a pillow. Yeah. So she took the clothes that my father had outgrown and made a pillow and taught herself how to drive. Good for her. Without a driver's license, she drove from Fed Station to Charleston to register the car and get a driver's license the same day. Good for her. And of course, to get a driver's license, all she had to go in was show that she was an American citizen. So that's my grandmother's story of, if you don't know how to do it, you figure it the fuck out. <laughs> well, I only had two images come up in my head. One was my uh, grandma, my grandmother's mom. Um, she only had her arm on this side until about to about here. Um, but I've seen her do some phenomenal things with that, with what left she had of her arm. Um, and my grandmother, her daughter, um, that's the one I call my soulmate. We did everything together. I was there when she took her last breath. She was my entire world. Um, but I seen her, we, whenever I was little, we went to the store and right there in Weston and there was a black snake in the store, came up out of the river, went into the store. My grandmother picked it up by its tail, whipped it around her head and just flung it. And I had never been more amazed at anything. (laughs) 
Like that, that human is indestructible. Nothing will kill them. <laughs> All they did was just whoosh. Like superhero shit right there. Yeah. Like just the most amazing thing. Yeah. So that's awesome. <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah. So, so mine is actually pretty funny. We were talking about, you know, the trauma of being a psychic child. Uh, so a lot of nights I was too afraid to get out of the bed, but my dad was a night owl. So he would often be up and some, so if I, like I saw the light on, sometimes I would just run out and run to my dad. Like I had a bad dream or something. I felt like something was in the room. So this one night, um, I'm like, dad, there's like this doppelganger in my room. It looked like miss. It was very strange. And I like, I come out and I get dad and he's like, he hands me this. He hands me this knife <laughs> and you know, the knife from, from a uh, crocodile Dundee where he yeah, goes, that's my knife. In my head was, this is a knife. That's the knife. It's a Bowie hunting knife. And dad had it partially because of that movie. He was a, he was a sword salesman. Mm -hmm. He sold knives and swords. So he had a knife. Yes. <laughs> so he hands me this knife. He's like, let me get my gun. And because <laughs> that's going to fix it. He was like, just in case there is actually somebody in your room, I'm going to follow you with a gun. Okay. <laughs> so you will do the same amount of damage with an airsoft gun, dude. It's not, it's not going to do anything. <laughs> you know, we're from West Virginia. It was a nine millimeter. He follows me with a nine millimeter. Just in case there really is somebody there. Just in case I really did see somebody in my room. Uh, he gives me this knife. And, he, and he's like, here, just put it under your pillow for tonight. I'll get it in the morning. And we, so we go, my sister's asleep through this whole thing. Like, we shared a of <laughs> country. We were like, we, were, we slept in the same bed as long as we lived under the same roof, pretty mm -hmm. much. Like, we, so she slept through this whole thing. This whole ordeal, that's hilarious. This whole ordeal. I just put it under my pillow, and like the next morning, he's like, You got my knife? I'm like, Yeah, here. <laughs> he says, And I was like, Dad, why? Later, years later, I'm like, Why? Make that make sense. <laughs> she was talking to me, Shut up. Shut up, Joe. Shut up. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> I was like, and he looked at me, he's and just deadpan in the way that only my father could. He's like, well, how do you handle an irrational fear rationally? Thanks, Dad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, did, that, that really, that really clarifies things. That really clears it up. <laughs> There's a ghost in my room. Here's a knife. Oh, thanks. You know <laughs> what, though? It, did, it, it taught me two very, very important lessons. Number one, stand up for yourself. <laughs> you know, he did. And number two, my daddy always had my back, even yeah. if it was fucking ridiculous. Right. But he did. He's like, just sleep with it under your pillow. And if it comes back out at you, just... I'm like, what the? Even at the time, I'm like, what are you yeah. smoking? <laughs> right? Like, you really have a good idea. At least for our parents. Natalie, your turn. Yeah. I grew up in a completely different culture. Weapons were not handed to children because they were scared. Okay. <laughs> My 
my dad raised us around him. Like I shot a gun yeah. when I was six years old. Like that like, was, it was not a, a thing. Passage. That was definitely. It was always a very stiff upper lip kind of situation. <laughs> you know, it was just stiff upper lip. Everything will be fine. Just don't talk about it. Everything is gonna. Everything will just go away magically on its own. Nope, you nope. Know? My dad. Well, I will tell you that. Like my dad was very much. Let's deal with this shit. I got to appreciate that as well. He definitely yeah. didn't just pretend like it was nothing. And that was one of the things that really stuck out to me. Like he didn't pretend like it was nothing. He may have over. He may have gone a little over the situation. But we were raised around swords and knives. I mean, it was a rite of passage in our family to uh to shoot guns like when at six years old he took each of us out to shoot a gun and right. he taught us about the guns because he kept guns in the house he's like you don't point it at anything you don't want dead yeah and, you know he taught us very young and we had to be around swords and knives because we were selling them like we were behind yeah. the booth there's a whole table of cutlery of various sizes and shapes yeah and we called it wall jewelry because it mostly was crap but so you grew up around weaponry, and I grew up around drag queens. Two very different upbringings, Dottie. <laughs> I guess I grew up in the middle of both of y'all's upbringings. That's a whole nother story. Like, it wasn't actually drag queens, but it was close. <laughs> I, can, I would come home and find five or six very tall, very good-looking men trying on ball gowns and pantyhose in my living room after walking off the school bus. And I'm like, I remember looking at my mom. I was like, you do know that no other child walks into this, right? Right? Like, I am the only person in my school that gets to see this when they come home from school, right? Like, just so we're clear, this is not a normal home environment. And then I walked into my room and everyone was just pissing themselves with laughter because I was being so funny about it, you know? But I was like, just so you know, I am aware that this is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> when people will say oh i had a great childhood mine was very confusing <laughs> my, my family life was wonderful but i was aware that we were in fact the adams family of the neighborhood you know it's one of those things yeah normal is definitely overrated, overrated. Every, time, every time i tell my kid i was like listen embrace your weirdness because it's what makes you great and it's what makes you likable Mm -hmm. and yeah. it's what makes you connect with other people because then other people are like she's they're weird like me <laughs> i like that you know and then you find your people who yeah, are also well, weird like you <laughs> you know um, my dad was a proud member of the nra nra well not only not only the well granted you know the nra was a very challenging situation um but you bring up a good topic. The attitude was very different when all of us grew up. Yeah. Than now. And yeah. I often wonder if it isn't because we were instilled with <laughs> there's a gun. Right there it is. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. This is how you use it. This is what you don't do with it. This is what you do with it. Yeah. Now when we're on the subject of talking about our ancestors and stories and cultural differences and generational differences here's my story the night we nearly gave my grandfather a stroke that's <laughs> like, always a good start like we saw it building in his face he was very close to an aneurysm that day okay so just to preface the story okay my grandparents 
1920s 1930s you know like that's when they were born they lived a very like all through the war multiple wars multiple bombings in the uk like it was a lot to deal with my grandfather even though he knows better now was extremely homophobic and racist and also had everything against anybody that had tattoos or piercings I even know what you're talking even about. Women who had just singular piercings in their ears, that was distasteful to him. One day, I think my cousin was like 16, and a male cousin came in with his ear pierced. Oh no. Oh no. My cousin was banned, banned from seeing my grandparents for a few months. I think it was like three months. Like he was not allowed, no conversation, no talking, nothing. Okay. Fast forward to the end of like that whole situation, like that following Christmas, my entire family's at my grandparents' house about to sit down for Christmas dinner. And everyone in the family was aware that my grandfather had just blown up and essentially partially like temporarily disowned his one of his grandchildren because he got an one ear pierced and he was in a rock band and everything it was like literally no one gave a shit except for my grandfather no one gave a fuck who gave all the rest of them for him yeah yeah except for him so my mother this is where i get it from my mother was like Oh, what a great idea. I found all of these magnetic and clip-on piercings. Hey, Natalie. Hey, Ryan. Come up to the bedroom, kids. Oh, I had ev- I had the eyebrow, the nose, the lip, the tongue, everything. Temporary tattoos, the whole nine yards. And me and my brother sat at the other end of the table because my mother is like, I'm going to make a silent statement here, you freaking piece of shit. <laughs> and... I mean, like the shade of purple that my father turned, Barney could not compare. Like you could see every vein on his person just protruding with anger. And it was like, we all just sat and ate and didn't say shit. We just sat and (laughs) said nothing, did nothing. And the whole time he was fuming fuming (laughs) no one said anything at that dinner it was the most silent christmas meal we had ever had because he was about to have an aneurysm (laughs) (laughs) i mean my mom was like this close to putting like a mike tyson thing like on the face like she was really and i was like i think that might push him too far mom (laughs) Yeah. I was like, even for me as a kid, and I was like, I really don't want to kill him, but I understand the point that you were trying to make here, but I don't want to kill the man. I just, I, I want to help you prove this point of how stupid it is mm-hmm. that he made that fit. And I fully respected my mom, and I'm sorry, granddad, it was funny as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, that was very commonplace. I mean, you know, I was told as a child, you get your spirits, I'm disowning you. Yeah. Not by my cool grandmother, by my English grandmother. Yeah, 18, I got my first piercing. I'm up to 12 now. Right. And a tad, and I'm like, how far do I have to go to really get fully disowned here? 
Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. It is like at some point, I think my mom stopped asking me if a piercing was new or not, or if I just got bored and just decided to like put it back in. You uh, know, because uh, <laughs> half the time she's like, is that one new? No, I've, I've had this one for years. I just decided to like, you know, put something mm -hmm. back into it again or. I would be like, you're not going to say anything. She's like, oh, I thought you had that one for years. No, this is a brand new one. I've never had this one before, you know? My dad was the one who was all tattooed. Like, Grandma Grandma did not get her ears pierced. She was always a lady of fashion. High, you know, she was yeah, in between the she, she believed, it, but she didn't get even her ears pierced. She would get the clip-ons. Or the little, the old-fashioned studs where you had to screw them on. It takes for fucking ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the screw-on clip-ons. Yeah, and you'd sit, like you'd have a purple earlobe at the end of it, and it would be right. like five inches longer than it was ever supposed to be. When she died, her ears were like this. Like they were. Yeah, like, yeah. Like seriously, they were like, yeah, yeah. Everybody but, had big but, earlobes back then, just because of the clip-ons. Uh -huh. But dad. Dad, he would only get him like he would never wear he would never go shirtless around my grandma because of the tattoos. Like it was the only time you see dad wear a shirt all the time. Because he had like he had his nipples pierced. He was cut he was counting his tattoos and body coverage. And he, he also had like a ring in his ear. <laughs> my Joe's and every like time I was, does Every time back? I would do something terrible, anytime I would do something that would upset my grandmother, my dad would hear all about it. He actually mm -hmm. confronted me one time. He's like, every time you screw up, she blames me. <laughs> like, I'm the one who has to deal with it and explain it all. Stop oh. telling your grandmother you're a witch. <laughs> I, told my grandma, I told my grandmother's preacher I was a witch at 16. I got a lot of praying that day. It was funny. Like, we're sitting there arguing about scripture. I'm like, you know, we can argue about this all day. You know more about the scripture than I do. I just still don't believe it. Right. It's like, it's it's a great, I agree. It's a story and there is some morality in there and there's a lesson and I get it. But like, still, it's not talking about the heartstrings. <laughs> My grandmother looked at me one time straight faced. She says, honey, I'm proud of you. I'm not ashamed of you, but I really wish you wouldn't tell my friends what you do. Because <laughs> it's raising a lot of questions and it's not looking good at the Bible group on Thursdays. <laughs> oh, please. There's more palm reading, tea drinking, gossip. Oh, I know. And gossip going on at those Bible studies than anything else. I've been to exactly. some of them and I'm like. All right. So, Joe has a question. Does your mother often reflect and ask if that's why you got them? You know, maybe, maybe there was a piece of me that was like, I actually look kind of good with this. <laughs> like, uh -huh. I can fuck a nose ring in the future. Um, you know, that kind of thing. I think a lot of my piercings and tattoos are from wanting to release trauma and pain. And that was the way that I chose to do it. Because it was in a controlled setting and I ended up with something to look back on afterwards and be like, hey, I rose above that. That's kind of cool. Um... I've I have only one tattoo that I wish I could change, but that's a story for a completely different day. Um, but you know, I got a great tattoo artist that can change anything, literally. But there was there was one there was one person in my mom's group of friends. Um, his name was Jeff, and he was a hairstylist, and he I mean he was pretty close to being fully covered in ink. 
like pretty close to being fully, fully covered in ink. And he had a bifurcated tongue. And each one of those splits was also pierced. So he had a bifurcated split snake tongue, and each one of those was pierced. He had his entire head was tattooed. So whether he was shaved a head or not was, you know, you could see it. He had black ink tattoos on his face. So at nightclubs, you'd walk, he'd walk in, and there would be like this glowing face staring back at you that was fully tattooed. Um, he had piercings in his like on his knuckles, even he had subdermal implants in his eyebrows, like he had little bumps on his eyebrows, even like, and I remember looking at this guy going, you are the coolest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and he I mean, this he worked for Cirque du Soleil as a contortionist for many years. I mean, this guy could get himself through a tennis racket, like no one's business. And you'd look at him and be like, that is physically going to be impossible for you. There is no way that that is going to happen. And he would dislocate everything in every single way and just wiggle his way through like a freaking snake. And he'd be like, ta-da! <laughs> and he'd get him, he'd be like, fold himself into a suitcase, everything. And I was like, that's so cool. And I studied all of his tattoos. I was like, that is so beautiful. I want all of it. Yeah. Well, guys, it's been great hanging with you on style one. All Hallows Eve, Halloween. Oh, wait, wait, we got one more. Shannon. Yeah. If you guys want to slightly, we'll take that one after Shannon and I'll share it. I'm learning not to look at my bags in front of our church group. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm curious now. Like, my curiosity is too Like, you know, and my mom's the one who would pull out the not safe for church thing in the middle of Bible study. Like, look what I have. That's All my right. mom. <laughs> so since Natalie's being my talkative reader, here Sorry. you go, Natalie. Which uh, which one? Hang Thank on. you. Thank you for your support to our Patreon oh, yeah. to make this station happen. Thank you so much to everybody who makes the station happen. We'd like to give thanks to Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda Bryant, Shannon C, Shannon D, Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, Dottie the Psychic, Tracy Van, Donna Waite, Caitlin Bell, and the Laughing Tree Grove. Woo! <laughs> If you would like to continue to support the show, please visit www.pcspnetwork.com and please visit all of our websites, book in with us and show your love and support to all of our amazing readers. Yes, yes. because Thank they you. also make the show possible. Thank you guys for joining us. Have a blessed Hallow's Eve. May Safe travel and much profit to you. Good mind, everybody. Hi, guys. May, you know, the wild hunt Pass you. <laughs> Good night. Bye. Good night. You can tell me the deck is stacked. Behind my back You can show me how the odds are up Against me all day long But I've been through the fire And come out alive And there's no more fear in my eyes But now I'm rising And you can bring me down